Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to today's show, today's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to ask you if this podcast is something that is um, really blessing you and ministering to you, would you please take a second and subscribe to it and also rate it? That really helps get the word out to other people and lets them know about this podcast, and maybe that will be a big help to them. It is certainly a big help to me for you to do that. So if you could just take a second and do that today, I would be so grateful. And also, if you want to contact us and share with us how this is impacting you, I would love to hear from you at scandalousgrace at carlaswanigan.com. Email me there. Let me know what Jesus is doing in your life through this podcast. That is so encouraging to hear your testimonies and your stories of God's goodness and faithfulness as well. And if you want to catch any previous episodes of the show, maybe you're new to this podcast, you can go back to my website, carloswanigan.com, and we have all the previous Scandalous Grace episodes listed there as well. Plus, you can find out much more about this ministry. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you're listening. And now tune in as we head into today's podcast episode. Hey everybody, welcome to Scandalous Grace. I am your host, Carla Swanigan, and I am so glad that you're tuning in to the podcast today. I'm really super honored to have our guest, Leslie Crandall, here with us today. Thanks for joining us, Leslie. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so blessed. Thank you, Carla, for having me. Absolutely. I am thrilled to talk to you about this topic. So to give you guys a little um, backstory on our topic that um, we're talking about today, I am out here, as some of you know, at BSSM in ministry school. I am in their first year program and loving it. And Leslie is in charge of first year, like the entire first year. You and Mark yeah. Brooks, right? Yes. You co-lead yep. with him. Yeah, it's true. And she's pretty amazing. And so one of the messages she preached a while back in school is still ministering to my heart and still bringing me breakthrough in some of the things that God's been doing here for me in school. And I wanted to share that with you guys because it's so powerful. Um, that message is the one, I think one of the first lines you said when you were about to speak is, um, I want to preach a women's message with men in the room. Yes. And that yes. was so powerful to me. Mm-hmm. And even the way the men in the room oh, received that when you said it, I felt it hit. Yeah. And so um, I'm just excited to share this with our listeners. And in that message, one of the things you explained is the mandate of BSSM. Mm-hmm. And I'm... I'm quoting you here. You said, we as women will become famous for the way that we celebrate and champion one another. Yes, absolutely. I am so passionate about that. And that's why I think that I also love to have men in the room to understand what women are actually trying to go after is to not try to overrun men, but be co-laborers with them and as well as creating a new women's model of celebration. And instead of, you know, there's a lot of times there's only so much room at the table for for leadership. And so women fight to be at the table each other. Yeah. And we're not called to wrestle with each other. We're better off if we can learn how to celebrate and make room. And uh, there's just so much to that. But that's why I feel like in the last several years, Uh, I love to speak to women, but I also love to speak to women with men in the room so they can have a better understanding of how to be good husbands, how to be good leaders to women, how to be good fathers to women, Mm. so that we break this cycle of us versus them, and women are trying to do this, and men are trying to do that. 
we're all on the same team. We're all on the same page yeah. uh, for the kingdom, you know. I think for the longest time, I mean, I'm 47. So I was out in like the marketplace, mm-hmm. you know, for years in sales. And I think um, for the longest time, women have kind of been like competitive yeah. and even yep. encouraged to be yeah, competitive 100%. with each other. And so it was so refreshing mm-hmm. to hear from another woman in leadership, especially mm-hmm. somebody that is leading us and that we look up to mm-hmm. as a leader to tell us, I remember one of the things you said is you have permission mm-hmm. to shine. Yeah. You have absolutely. permission to shine. And I was just like, wow, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard a woman in your level of leadership say that to other women. And it really comes from more of the heart of a mother to celebrate and to champion so that you want your daughters to become more than what you dreamed. You you lay your life down, you sacrifice certain things, you you equip them to take more ground than you ever thought was possible. And this is even the relationship that I talk about from the Bible of Naomi and Ruth and what she did and Ruth's response and their commitment to each other that made a way for redemption. It made a way for inheritance because they simply decided to celebrate each other. They simply decided to commit to that friendship and that mother-daughter relationship. Uh, There's so much that we could unpackage about the redeeming aspect of women really partnering together and how much power is released whenever we can really get on the same page and celebrate each other because it's 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 not about individualism as much as mm. collective women having a voice collectively women shining collectively it's not so much about the one woman has all the power and you know, yeah. what I was modeled is there was only enough you know there was only one woman and she was the leader of everything where I said I'm actually not gonna lead like that I'm gonna lead um, more as a mother so that we can have a greater impact and a greater influence. I can only influence so many people, but if I can give enough courage and permission to thousands of women, the multiplication of the kingdom being advanced will go far beyond my own name. Praise God. It's not about a one woman's name. It's not about even one man's name. It's about the name of Jesus becoming famous because we love one another. It's so good. That's biblical. <laughs> John 17. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I love that you mentioned that story because I remember you bringing that up in your message about Ruth and Naomi and even talking about the things that Naomi did for Ruth. Mm-hmm. Um, she knew that, that Ruth was going to go further than her yeah. and and be able to be in Jesus's Lineage, genealogy. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, she made all those sacrifices as well. Yeah. And it's such yeah. a, like you said, a beautiful story mm-hmm. of back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I love Honor that. Each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, as a leader, how is that this team and champion women championing other women in such a mm-hmm. godly way? Mm-hmm. How are some ways that you cultivate that on your team? Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, it really is built on belief systems Mm. internally. A lot of times we want to do things, but because we haven't internally support them in the spirit realm, they don't have very much effect. But if you can really partner with what the Holy Spirit is doing in wherever you're building, whatever relationships you're having, there's so much grace that's released. So because the Lord has brought me through so many processes of really owning my own voice, my own giftings, what he's called me to, not being insecure when there's people more gifted, more talented. There's always going to be someone who's better at whatever you're, you're good at. Right. <laughs> you know, but knowing that God called you, 
-hmm. is the X factor. Knowing that God put you there and being God confident more than self confident is to me a key foundational belief system that creates a culture. Yeah. You hear me? Yeah. So it's it's more than just good practices. It's really getting that security of I'm a daughter of the king and I'm going to act like it. And royalty never ex makes excuses for themselves. Royalty isn't trying to apologize for being royal. Royalty isn't trying to be dismissive or try to become something they're not. Royalty are usually raised with the mindset of you will rule and the purpose of ruling is to serve. Yeah. To serve the people that you are called to. And this is how the royalty in the kingdom as women, like I look at my position and my team, we look at it as like we're called to live from a place of royalty so that the students and the, the lives that we're affecting can be served, so that they can be inspired, so that they can be given permission, they can be given room. That only comes from a deep sense of security mm. in who you are that no matter people's commentary towards you, it's not going to shake you. No yeah. matter if you get the promotion or your other sister gets the promotion, that you ultimately trust the Lord with your life and trust that he knows you the best and that you cannot earn love, you can't you know, earn power. All of that is the world system. Being confident in Christ, being confident in who he's made you to be, that creates this culture. Then whenever, you know, from my staff, I want to give them opportunity mm -hmm. to, to grow as a woman, to be their voice. Um, we're gonna do a, leadership, a women's leadership panel. I've selected several of my team because we want to demonstrate that women lead in different capacities in different ways, and there isn't one model. You're right. It's the collective model that is beautiful. I remember I read an article from the Girl Scout CEO, the CEO of the Girl Scouts, and she talks about how, you know, why is it this whole thing in this, I'm just talking about America. Uh, in America, you know, the predominantly the CEOs and CFOs of companies are male. Mm -hmm. And she said because from an early age, women think in collaboration. They don't think, they don't always raise their hand first like boys do in school. They don't think independently as much as, as men. This is her perspective. So, you know, we can always, there's always two sides to the coin. But it got me to thinking like, oh, we really enjoy collab, women really enjoy collaboration. We go to the bathroom as young girls together. Yeah. We ask each other's <laughs> friends if we like each other's outfits. I have a son and a daughter. My son could care less if his friends think his outfit looks cool. I mean, like he thinks more independently. Where women, we like to collaborate. We like to have more of a round table. So that's just was her thoughts in her article. So it, it leads me to, to kind of think about this. Like we have to intentionally teach girls mm -hmm. to speak up. We have to intentionally talk to them about the beauty of collaborative leadership. Yeah. You know, and kind of change the narrative of what we've been told in our American culture. Where do you think that, that your passion for this topic in particular comes from because I know I've heard you say you had a really good dad and you've got mm -hmm. a great husband mm -hmm. so where do you think it I mean comes I know from? that uh, part of my passion was experiencing in church leadership a different message <coughs> than whenever I was you know in the business world in the business world and <clears throat> when I was uh, in the marketplace I was more promoted than in the church so it, it was this confusing message. I was an ordained minister since I was 23 years old. I went to Bible college. Before I ever met my husband, I felt called of the Lord uh, to be a minister. Um, and yet, whenever I was in ministry with my husband, 
there wasn't like this welcoming I felt yeah. from ministering to adults. Now I could minister to children and that and youth and, and, to, and to women and that was okay. But for some reason there was always this kind of like push or I, I kind of look back and go, the Lord is good. Like, sure. It kind of made me who I am today. So I don't, I don't have any bad feelings about it other than I saw how the Lord was building my inner confidence more than my external confidence. And so being shut down, being dismissed as a woman minister, all of those kind of things really kind of, I went to the Lord and I was like, I'm just not in agreement with, with this culture. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to change it. I mean, I didn't know how any, I had never seen a woman do what I had in my heart to do. I hadn't been raised up by a woman who had, who had done collaborative leadership. It's not like this is something I just, I just, I just felt like I'm going to become what I can't see. Yeah. And just see and be a pioneer, which I'm not the only woman doing this by any stretch of the imagination, but in my small sphere, I didn't see what was in my heart. And so I just decided that I would start somewhere. And I started with a girl's Bible study at my house every Wednesday, pouring into them as powerful women. And they are all powerful women now. And it's just amazing to watch how just those believing and creating room and creating space, how it just gave permission to these to these young women to really rise up yeah. and not second guess themselves. So it was part of, it, it was through pain mm. that I, I grew in this vision and it was also because I had experienced such great friendships and I have three sisters like the Lord was fashioning me in some ways that it doesn't have to be this competitive thing with women I had really great friends we didn't have that dynamic and I knew it would be possible even in ministry to you know church is 60% women 40% men yeah and so there is something missing in the church you know, that's why we have to continue to push in for what does leader, you know, we've heard from men for generations now, which I love. I love my brothers and leaders that have been, you know, communicating to us. And I always find it funny when guys come up to me and they say, you're the first woman preacher who I didn't feel belittled by. Because a lot wow. of times women pe preachers will put men down and that's yeah. never my goal. I honor men completely. And the other thing is, is that I don't, preach like a man yeah you preach like yourself you preach like myself which I think gives women permission to be themselves and yeah. not have to become like a man which is what we've seen in a lot of churches is women minister just like men therefore the women can't actually connect with them yeah which is 60% of the church wow <laughs> yeah so it's an interesting dynamic we have to solve right my um, story is very similar to yours I was um, a pastor, a women's pastor, mm -hmm. on staff in a church, and it and it was. Um, I mean, I loved them, and and it was a great experience. But I also was raised Southern Baptist, mm -hmm. you know, born and bred in Mississippi, and I had that, you know, in the back of my mind. Don't ever come across as trying to take over, yeah. and don't ever come across as too big for your britches. Was the yeah. phrase that I heard a lot <laughs> growing up, you know, mm -hmm. down south. Mm -hmm. So. Um, when you talk about stuff like that and learning how to, you know, to give ourselves permission because God has called us mm -hmm. and we're in that place of authority mm -hmm. because God put us there that's ultimately. Right. That's right. And so I know that's one of the things that you did in that message was 
you said to us, I mm-hmm. give you permission yeah. to speak. I give mm-hmm. you permission to be here and to shine. Yeah. And yeah. that was so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think our leaders here at BSSM do that so well. I know my revival pastor, Jeremy yeah. Gonzalez, is Absolutely. amazing at that. He I think is. that's one of the main reasons that God put me in his revival group. Mm. Um, the day that we met um, at orientation, he just met me for like 30 seconds and we talked for a minute, you know, because it was busy and there were lots of people milling about. And I said, well, it's nice to meet you. I'll see you on the first day. And he said, yeah, um, this is going to be the year that you get your voice back. And I was like, whoa, you know, and that is exactly what God has done as, as I've been here and, you know, just going deeper with the Lord and learning so many things. And then having Jeremy, a male leader that's super powerful, but also has this incredible tender father's heart Mm -hmm. speak into all of us, especially as women, you know, that are in his group and allow us to be ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, and he's told me repeatedly, you don't have to like dim anything down to be in a room full of leaders. Cause mm-hmm. I think for me, that was the big thing. I would get around other, especially male leaders and feel like I had to be quiet mm-hmm. and I had to be silent. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that you guys are, are teaching us here really so well. Good. And so with good. such, I think such um, the father's heart, mm-hmm. because it's like you said, there's been other times that women have taught it or men have taught it and it's come across like, aggressive and totally. kind of harsh towards totally. men and from the wrong spirit. We and so yeah. it's really nice to hear it strong and powerful and, and really empowering mm-hmm. with the grace on it. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. I mean, if you, if you have a belief system that men determine your future mm. and can open doors for you, you will allow that belief system to play out in your life. But if you believe that God opens doors, yeah, then no man can open and shut a door. That's so good. So it's, it is partially your belief that who really holds my destiny. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, and that comes back to the women being teammates and not yeah. competing or comparing yeah. or having yeah. any kind of envy mm-hmm. or anything like that towards each other. For some of our listeners that might be um, maybe new to the Lord or even they're hearing this kind of message for the first time of women being, you know, allowed and given permission to even speak and, and not just from the pulpit, but to be leaders in every be, yeah, arena. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to be leaders in culture. Mm-hmm. What are some like maybe ways if they're new to this thought process, um, that they can, what, like you mentioned earlier, remember that they're royalty. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that they can kind of like start believing this truth? Mm-hmm. I would say start simple, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because the snowball, everything snowballs for the good or bad a lot of times. And so I would really encourage if you are just really discovering how good God is, let that truth of his goodness and his unconditional love, which means it does not have conditions. It does not depend on your sex, your race, your background, your past. His unconditional love is towards you all the time. This is why he created us. This is why he paid such a big price with Jesus on the cross. So really letting the unconditional love of God and his goodness and faithfulness towards you personally, make it personal. Mm -hmm. That will then, a little yeast basically works through the whole batch. 
in a good way, let the truth set you free and that that freedom will actually grow. It'll snowball into every area of your life. A lot of women, you know, really play down who they are. They don't really understand their true worth or they have, you know, there's, you know, body image and all of these things that culture has taught us um, is just absolutely opposite of what the father intended for women. Why would he disempower half of his creation? Yeah. Logically doesn't make sense why the father would create all these women to disempower them. It makes no sense uh, at all. And so if you look back even at creation after the fall with Adam and Eve, you know, he came to them. The father pursued them. And so just the truth that you don't have to ha figure it all out, mm -hmm. but that knowing that the father's in pursuit of you as a woman, that he's not pursuing man more than female, you know, women, all of that is a lie, that we are equal at the cross. We have different strengths and we have different weaknesses as men and women. That's why we co-labor together. Um, and so I would say if you're new to understanding the truth about who you are, you have to first discover the truth about who God is because we're created in his image. Yeah. When we look for ourselves first, we will always come to a lower level of thinking. But when we first pursue his thoughts towards us, that brings us to the highest level of thinking of ourselves. That's good. Yeah, I, um, I just know that there's also women listening. As you were talking, this just came to me that maybe have been wounded in the church. Oh, sure. And like you mentioned, you just took the direction of, okay, I'm going to grow from this, mm -hmm. and I'm going to passionately pursue mm -hmm. the Lord and his love for women mm -hmm. and empower other women. But there are some women that maybe they just shut down or they mm -hmm. got maybe bitter about it. Mm -hmm. Can you just speak to helping them um, maybe get free of that? Yeah. So that I mean, I was bitter at one point as well. So, yeah. you know, I had to work through my own forgive forgiveness and, and, you know, this is, you know, years of just processing in a healthy way with people I trusted. And, um, I would say, I would give you all the listeners grace to be on the journey and the pace that the Lord has you on. I yeah. feel like a lot of times when we are wounded, everybody's like, just get over it. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. you can't just get over it, especially if it really affected you deeply. Mm -hmm. You need time and space and you need to find people that will give you some time and space. Now there's, there's a reasonable amount of time and season to that. So that doesn't prolong your life. But if you just stuff it, and say get over it, I've never seen that not manifest in an unhealthy way down the road. So really settling with the Lord. Okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me about your nature and who you are? I always start there. Like, man, God is so forgiving. He is so kind. Mm -hmm. So if I want to be conformed to the image of Christ, I probably need to look at what my father's doing, which is extending mercy, even when people were misunderstanding his his walk, like, okay, so if you're wounded as a woman in the church and you feel quenched or you feel taken advantage of, first of all, going to the Lord, getting how he sees you first, and then having a voice to confront yeah. that thing, you know, or the, sometimes it's just the, the spirit yeah. more than it's, it's not really, our wrestle's not against flesh and blood, we know that, but Sometimes it's confronting the spirit of accusation or the spirit of inferiority. 
there's such a spirit of intimidation over mm-hmm. women that just needs us as mothers and sisters and daughters to turn and face that thing and say, you have no power over me because I am justified in heaven and I'm justified on earth through the blood of Jesus. I have an advocate, Christ Jesus. He's the one who speaks on my behalf. If you have something to say, go talk to him. Yeah. And just really growing in that confidence of, of his, the truth. I don't even remember what the question was. Oh, but that's powerful though. That's so yeah. good. I would love it. Um, our time is almost up, but um, I would love it if you would just pray for our listeners, however you feel absolutely, led, and, and then I'll close us out. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, I thank you for each of the women and men that are listening um, to this podcast. I thank you for your words of truth. I thank you for your word um, that is eternal. And God, I just ask that however you've been speaking to your kids today, that you will continue to germinate your word, that it would grow and bear fruit into each of their lives, that it wouldn't be just hearing the word, but it would also be listening and doing what you have told each of them to do. Maybe it's facing inferiority or facing pain or facing insecurity. God, that they would know that they're not doing it alone, but you have sent the Holy Spirit as the great paracletos helper, comforter, counselor, the one who comes alongside. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would lead each of these men and women into greater depths of freedom, greater depths of truth, greater depths of love, God, that your unconditional love would cover their hearts and that you would take the blinders off their eyes that have limited how they see themselves as women. You would take the blinders off their eyes of the ways they've seen them through inferiority or culture or being sexualized as a culture. God, that you would come and renew their eyes to see themselves in their royal identity and your perfect love and your perfect grace. Lord, bless each of these listeners. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you again, Leslie, Absolutely. so much. Absolutely. What a privilege. Thanks this for is going to help. My, my honor, really. This is going to help so many people. I know how much it's helped us that, are, that get to be here in person, and I'm so grateful that you would let us share this with, with people that, that need to hear it, too. Yeah, so thank you so it. much, thank and you. thank you for all you're doing, and um, thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus.